This is Kevin Brooker, and we are cruising through retirement. You know, after years of low inflation, many retirees are now concerned about rising prices. Costs for cars, food, gasoline, especially rental cars. Right? They're going up dramatically, mainly because demand has spiked when the economy reopened after the worst of the pandemic. And today we're going to talk about how you can be prepared for those issues. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin, as you know, is a fiduciary. He's been helping folks for more than 30 years get to and through retirement. An investment advisor representative, Silverleaf Financial is where you find him. You can find the website, silverleaffinancial.com. Jot that down. Visit there. You'll find a lot of great information. Um, and, hey, Kevin, what's going on? Hey, you know what? It is another beautiful day in the sunny desert here, so... <laughs> I don't think you could ever say it differently. I mean, because oh, yeah. every day is a good day in the desert, right? <laughs> you know, that's what we love about it out here, right? It's always sunny, always sunny in Arizona. You know, once in a while we get these uh, monsoons coming through here, right? But, right. Uh, but no, we're th- things things are looking good. You know, the markets the market's been holding up pretty strong, so. You know, life is good. Yeah, the market has been pretty good this week. Huh? I mean, there was a, like one down day, but I mean, for the most part, it's still kind of percolating. It is. You know, we saw a little bit of little bit of weakness the last few days. You know, nothing much though. You know, up or my up or down a hundred or one hundred fifty points, which you know on the Dow at these levels is really you know just a fraction of a percent. Exactly. Um, you know, and anybody that's been in the market, uh, you probably realize, or maybe you don't realize, but guys, it's been over two hundred. My data shows it's been over two hundred trading days since um, since we've had even a five percent correction. And historically speaking, that's a long time in between corrections. So nobody that's in the stock market should be surprised uh, if we do see, you know, a little bit of weakness. And, you know, three, four, five percent can happen anytime in terms of a drop in the market. Uh, so don't be concerned about it. If it does happen, what you should be doing is taking a look at what you'd like to add to or what you'd like to buy when it goes on sale. All right. Well, I like that. I like the outlook there. Let's talk about, you know, you mentioned inflation and, you know, it's been pretty steady, you know, like one, two percent, three percent, whatever. And now yes. all of a sudden we're looking at at inflation like we haven't seen in, in what, a dozen years, maybe? Oh, it's incredible. You know, and I think it, I think if you look at some metrics, you know, depending on how you measure it and where exactly you're looking at, I mean, I, I'd say you could go back a lot farther than that for the since we've seen such a great increase in the rate of inflation. You know, I mean, I'm still shocked. I know I've talked about it before, and you guys have heard me talk about it before. Um, but for instance, rental car prices are through the roof. Sure. And, you know, they might be, I haven't looked at them lately, so they might be getting a little bit weaker. But I know the prices that I was paying two years ago in 2019 versus what I had to pay this year is more than a double. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not a 10 or 15 or 20% increase. It was more than a double. And in fact, it was more than a triple when I first started looking. Um, <laughs> Goodness. You know, so it's so it's crazy, but it's it's all being impacted by you know most folks have heard about the computer chip shortage now, sure, um, and and that of course is, has impacted car manufacturers. They can't you know build as many new cars because they can't they can't get their hands on the chips. Um, and rental car companies, when we went into the pandemic, you know, what a year and a half or beginning of twenty twenty, 
the rental car companies were getting crushed, you know, because, because COVID had started, people were staying home, they weren't flying, people weren't traveling. So they had these, all these cars sitting around not being rented. And so they got rid of them. They sold them all at auction. And, and so what's happened is as we've come back and things have come back, they just don't have the cars that they used to have. And so it's just all basic economics 101, right? Supply and demand. And uh, the fact is the supply has shrunk considerably. They haven't been able to replenish it because of the chip shortage and those other things. And so that's what's caused those prices to skyrocket. Personally, I don't think they're going to go back to where they were. I don't know if they'll ever go back there, but definitely not anytime soon. And so, but as you put a plan together for someone and, and you do it on a you know pretty regular basis, you, mm-hmm. you take inflation into account. That's always part of the, the overall plan, the overall thinking and, and sort of projecting what's going on. You take inflation into account. And right now it's, it's a bigger deal than it has been. That's right. That's 100, 100%, 100% right. And we always take a look at inflation. In fact, when you put together the models and we put together, we start to build a financial plan. Uh, we sit down, we talk about, you know, your income sources, uh, you know, both if you're still working as well as in retirement, of course, uh, and as well as your expenses. And we want to look at all of your expenses. You know, it's funny. A lot of times I sit down with folks and they leave out some big bills like food. <laughs> and right. I, say, I say, well, you know, if you're anything like me, you have to eat every day. And, and so we, we want to include everything, both, both all of your recurring regular expenses. If you have a mortgage or you pay rent, your property taxes, utilities, your insurance for everything that you insure, um, you know, everything A to Z, as well as your discretionary expenses, whatever you spend on travel or golf or fishing or shopping, or maybe it's arts and crafts, whatever you like to do. Uh, we want to look at absolutely everything. Uh, and when we're doing this, we're going to have to factor in inflation. And so when we go through and we, and we work with the software, it'll ask you, what do you think inflation is going to be in the future? And you have to pick a number, right? You could say 2% or 4 or whatever it is. But guys, I don't know if you've done these calculations and if you've looked at them. And, and what you want to do is when you go in and what I like to show folks, I say, you know what? This is how it looks if we assume 2% inflation. Okay. And a lot of times things will look really good. Everything's fine. You get plenty of money to last a lifetime. What if we jack that up to 4%? The numbers, it might sound small, 2 to 4%, but the impact on your plan, on your portfolio, on your cash flow is going to be far greater than you think. With, if inflation goes, you know, they, we say if it's running hotter than we expected, that could have a devastating impact on your plan. And, right. and, the, the, you know, and the sad thing about it is you might not know that until you're you know, 80 years old <laughs> at a time in which you, know, you probably don't want to go back to work. Well, so Kevin, what can we do? What do you what do you offer as a hedge against that and anticipating that it's not going to go slow down anytime soon? You know what? There's a lot of different things we can do. You know, a lot of people look to tips, uh, treasury inflation protected securities or what it stands for. Um, you know, but if you look at them, they I mean, they haven't made a lot of money. Um, and, and so there's a lot of different ways you can address uh, that you can invest to address inflation. In other words, give yourself a hedge. One thing a lot of people look at is real estate because a lot of folks feel that real estate tends to go up, you know, kind of in line with inflation. I say kind of because it's not a direct correlation. Uh, so, so real estate investments can be something that you can use as a hedge. Uh, also, commodities and natural resources are the big ones, you know. So, um, but the thing is, what makes it difficult, Steve, is that in in most of the cases, primarily what I do is I work on retirement planning. So, so I'm generally working with people that are within five or ten years of retirement. Or maybe they're already retired. Okay. And so if you're in that spot and if you're in that place in life, generally speaking, you want to make your portfolio, build a portfolio that's more moderate. In other words, it's not this aggressive growth thing that you might have been doing when you're 35. 
Uh, and, and which is fine when you're younger, you get plenty of time to make the theory is you get plenty of time to make back the money if you lose it sure. because of a market crash. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so what I'm getting at, though, is that a lot of the investments that we use that I would like to use as hedges for inflation might be commodities and natural resources. Right. Um, they tend to perform very well in periods of rising inflation. However, they're really volatile. They're very volatile. And, and in other words, they, we would put them in the high risk category. Okay. So, so what you wind up looking at is saying, okay, so we've got a retired person that wants to hedge inflation and I've got to do it with a high risk investment. And, and that just, it's not exactly what you're looking for. If you follow me. I, yeah, so, exactly. You, you know, so my point is it's very challenging. It's very challenging right now to build a portfolio that you can hedge against inflation without incurring crazy expenses, right? Because there's all sorts of ways you can hedge a portfolio. We can buy put options that protect us if the market goes down. You know, you can get into leveraged funds, which do extremely, you know, they just amplify whatever direction the bet is, right? Double, double bull, you know, you make twice as much going higher, a double bear, or a triple bear, you make three times as much if it's going lower. But the thing is, these add a, a large amount of risk. So the question becomes, how does somebody that's a more moderate or conservative investor do these things? And, and that's where it's very challenging, especially when we've got a bond market that looks like we could be setting up, you know, to lose money in bonds as interest rates go higher. Sure. Right. So, sure. so in other words, it's very complicated right now, guys. And we could be in a situation. Some people are saying we'll be in an environment where both stocks and bonds lose money. And, and so it's like, what's a person to do? Okay. And so there are solutions is the good news. There are things we okay, can do that, can, that, that we can do. Right. Yeah. And, and guys, I'm going to tell you what I really think a lot of folks should look at are index annuity contracts. Okay, because these are guaranteed you can't lose money. They will go up when the markets go up, but they won't go down if the markets if the markets suffer. And so I like to use those uh, as, as an alternative to bonds, because I really don't see how you're going to make money in bonds over time when the 30 year treasury is below 2%. Okay, and so then what I like to do is then for folks that are comfortable with some market risk, we add in these other market based investments, brokerage investments where we can hedge ourselves against inflation and try to get more growth with that piece of your portfolio so that we can offset and stay ahead of the inflation game. But I like to segregate those assets so that, so that if something unexpected happens, it's not going to impact your retirement life, right? Your retirement mm -hmm. income. Sure. Well, and those are the kinds of things that the, the, re, the assurances that working with a fiduciary independent advisor with a lot of experience like you comes into play. I mean, those, that's the kind of thing I want. I need some help. And I think that I speak for a lot of folks when I say that. As I, 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 I don't know how to do this, but you do. Okay, do that. Do what you do. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's exactly right. And that's what I've been doing for 31 years. So, so you know, what you really need is a combination of all of these different products, in, in my opinion. You should, I believe that most people, I say most people because everybody's situation is different, but in, in many, many, many cases, to me, it makes perfect sense to have some of your portfolio in the stock market and, and then have some of it in fixed income or alternative investments that are conservative investments. Like maybe we don't want to do, like I'm, I mentioned, I'm not a fan of bonds right now, guys. The 10-year treasury, 10-year treasury note is about 135, 1.35 right now. Gee. Okay. So less than, less than a point, less than a percent and a half. And even if you go all the way up to 30-year U.S. Treasury bonds, the interest rate is less than 2%. So I want to say it was like 1.9, but it's bouncing around just below 2%. And those you, you guys might remember from your economics classes that when interest rates go higher, the underlying price of the bond goes down. 
So now if you hold the maturity, you're fine, but you're holding the maturity for something at, you know, one and a half, 2%. Mm-hmm. You know, in my opinion, if you look at the index annuity contracts, they don't have any risk of loss due to the market. And in the last decade, a lot of these policies have made six, seven, and 8% average annual returns with no risk of a loss. So I like to use the index annuity as the conservative piece of a portfolio in place of bonds. And I believe you're going to make more money over the, let's say, the next decade in index annuity policies than you will in, in U.S. Uh, in U.S. investment bonds. Okay, well, that makes sense. Folks, if you want to, if we piqued your interest, give Kevin a call. It's 800-975-6717, 800-975-6717. I encourage you to visit the website as well. You can connect with Kevin that way as well, uh, silverleaffinancial.com, silverleaffinancial.com. Uh, you know what, I think I mentioned this last week, but it's all pretty. You change the homepage, it's all, you know, pretty with little, hey. little silver leaves dropping, right? We've got, fall, we've got falling leaves as we're going. I thought, you know, we're going into the fall, you know, it seemed like a, it seemed, it seemed in, in most like parts it. of the country, exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. we don't see a lot of falling leaves in Phoenix, but uh, most parts of the country do. So let's, uh, let's touch on social security for a minute. And, uh, you know, we're seeing, I mean, I'm hearing, and you probably are, I, I know you are as, as well as me, but the, the, the cost of living adjustment this year could be as much as 6%, give or take. Yes, I have heard that. That's a nice. That's nice when it's a bump in your pay, right? Right. Um, you, you know, and I have heard that. I've heard as high as six point four. Um, I haven't seen. I don't want to say that's official yet. Right. Um, but it should be a pretty nice jump. It's probably going to be the biggest jump in your Social Security check that you've seen in a long, long time, if not ever. Um, and so that'll be nice. And the nice thing is that once they increase it, you're, you know, they're not going to. You can't go back down, right? Right. Um, you know, so it does look like there's a nice increase uh, in that uh, Social Security payment. Uh, and it is designed to keep pace with inflation. In my opinion, it does not keep pace with inflation. Um, but rather than focus on that aspect, why don't we just focus on the fact that you're going to get a nice bump in that check? Uh, and so that's something that, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are going to appreciate. Um, my suggestion is to try, try, you know, don't spend it all in one place, right? <laughs> well, don't we have to worry about Medicare Part B at that point as well? Because that, I mean, healthcare inflation is, you know, really crazy and, and yeah. that's going to go up too. That is going to go up, and we're certainly hoping it doesn't go up so much that it offsets that increase in your Social Security check. Um, because you guys, anybody receiving it knows they're going to take that directly out of your Social Security funds before you even get it. Um, and so what does happen sometimes is that the increase in the cost of Medicare you know, offsets the increase in your Social Security check. And so legally speaking, they cannot, uh, it, can't put, it can't send you backwards. In other words, they can't increase the Medicare by more than the amount of your... Uh, let me say it this way. Even if Medicare was increased by more than your social security check, your amount of the amount of your social security check will not go down. All right. All right. There, All right. There's a law in there that keeps it from decreasing. Well, thank goodness for that. Volatility in the market is a fact isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. 
or just text SILVER to 21000. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717, or text SILVER to 21000. That's SILVER to 21000. Do it today. adjustments in inflation how do we you know i mean you've you've outlined a couple of things talk about indexed annuity contracts and i mean those are important but are there other things that we can do well there's a lot of there's a lot of different ways you can do it depending on depending on the individual circumstance you know for as i mentioned real estate earlier real estate some folks like to have have rental real estate um as as part of their investment portfolio and so if you're if you're of the opinion you're comfortable with real estate and i say i i usually say to everybody if you're comfortable, if you're a good handyman, okay? So if you're a good handyman uh, and you're a relatively organized person, then you might be a very good landlord. Because the reason I say good handyman is because if your repairs are gonna come up, things are gonna break, right? And if you're able to fix those yourself without paying somebody else to do it, then it can probably work, it, it might work out really well for you. And real estate is considered to be a hedge against inflation. So theoretically over time, the value of the real estate is gonna go higher to keep up or perhaps exceed inflation. Um, you know, so that could be something that, that a person could do. Um, you, you know, the thing that I always, I, I always look at is that a lot of people like to make projections based on, you know, one or two or three years. Yeah. And you want to be really careful with that because we've seen fantastic home price appreciation in the last year. All right. But there is certainly no assurance it's going to continue. Um, and it's possible prices can go down, right? We all know they can go down after living through, the Great Recession in 0809, right? Yes, of so, course. Uh, so don't fall into the trap thinking that real estate prices only go higher, which is what I grew up hearing, um, because we know that's not true. So, so there's a few different ways. I mentioned tips, treasure, which are treasury inflation protected securities. Um, in fact, a lot of them trade. Just type in the symbol TIP, T-I-P, um, and that'll bring up some some of those investments. Uh, I mentioned nat- natural resources and commodities. So. You know, think you know everything from oil and gas, natural gas to you know pork bellies and lumber and cotton and all these things. Uh, you know, like copper has had a heck of a run recently. Lumber prices at the beginning of the year had a heck of a run. Some of the best stock re- stock stocks uh, stock moves that we've seen have been in commodity and natural resources. Sure. So. And that's There's a, a good lot of ways to a look person at it, can right? adjust it. Yeah, I'm okay. sorry. Yeah, no, no, I was just saying the the commodities and and what are just commodities and and. Natural resources. Natural resources. Okay, I don't know why I couldn't spit that out, but yeah. Um, but again, but that's an interesting way to look at it as well because not everybody uh, thinks that way. No, they 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 don't. But I'll tell you what: if you think about think about what goes into your home, right, building your home, copper and steel and aluminum, sure, right? Sure. And it's a it's a lot of these things. I usually say, you know, think about the things that we get out of the you know we dig them out of the ground. Um, that that's where a lot of your natural resources are, and these are all the building blocks, right? Like copper. Like as an economy is going to rebound. And there's going to be a lot more building going on. Copper is an essential part of buildings, right? Yes. And and so all of these things um, are great ways that you could possibly hedge inflation. But like everything else, 
you've got to make sure that you temper it with the rest of your portfolio. Because as I said earlier, these, these investments in commodities and natural resources can be very volatile. I mean, they could jump 50% in a matter of a few months and they can drop 50% in a matter of a few months. All right. So they're not for the faint of heart. And it's important that these are not, um, I would never invest somebody. I would never recommend somebody invest just in these vehicles, right? Okay. This is, this would be a piece of a portfolio, maybe put 5% or something or 10%, whatever the number would be customized to an individual. Um, but it would be an, it'd be a piece of a diversified portfolio. Retirement as a whole, it comes down to, to me anyway, it comes down to a lifestyle expectation and a lifestyle that we want to maintain. And that's how a plan basically is, what, retrofitted for us, right? You take what yeah. you have, you build that's back right. and say, all right, this is how we maintain that. that that's right. I mean, you, you, you know, we, we want to start off with your, I guess, I hate to say dream lifestyle because that seems a little, I don't know, far-fetched or pie in the sky. Um, but we want your ideal. Let's start off with your ideal lifestyle, right? And, and look at where your position, the income, your assets, your expenses, your liabilities, any debts you might have you know, the individual balance sheet. And then we can see if you're able, to, if we're able to, if, if, if based on everything that we have, if that's something that we can accomplish, uh, if not, then we might have to dial it back a little bit based on where a person is at. And, and it's unfortunate, but a lot of times I'll sit down with somebody and they could be, you know, uh, early sixties or something. And for any number of reasons, they haven't accumulated as much as they might've liked. And, and so then I get to have the conversation where I have to, have to suggest somebody keeps on working longer than they probably want to. And I suggest waiting to collect Social Security to an age that they'd rather not wait. Um, but, but what I'm doing, my job is, is to be prudent and, and, and reasonable with my expectations and my assumptions. I'm not going to assume somebody that we're going to make 15, 20% you know, returns on a portfolio year in and year out because it's probably not going to happen. Uh, for instance, I've talked about the growth portfolio where we had a 65% return in one year, but that's a, that is a high risk portfolio. We certainly don't want to put everybody's at all of, all of a person's assets into that. And when you're taking that much risk to try to achieve greater returns, you inherently are taking the risk of a loss as well. And I don't, what, I don't ever want to see anybody's retirement get derailed because we're taking too much risk. But I do see a lot of folks come in that are doing that. Um, and, and sometimes it can be shocking to hear the news that I have to deliver. And, and I always want to say, don't shoot the messenger. Um, you know, but, but it's important that we, that we have everything allocated so that uh, as you're going into retirement, you're comfortable and, and, and you're safe from, from losses. In other words, if market losses do happen, do occur, it's not going to derail your plan. And that's the biggest thing that I'm focused on with everybody is making sure that we can accomplish our goals and we're not taking more risk than we need to. And the way that you do it, Kevin, is you take a holistic approach. You are proactive, not reactive. And, you know, there's just a lot of active management going on on your part for with our clients. There, there is. There is. And, and you know, and it all, and it all comes down to, to the initial conversation where we'll sit down. And, and by the way, I want to mention, guys, uh, I don't ever chat. I'm going to put this. I don't have it on my website. And it occurs to me I should have done a long time ago. Uh, but I don't charge for consultations. I don't charge to sit, to sit down for a meeting. Uh, I don't make you sign any type of contract or commitment. There's no commitment. There's no cost. Uh, it's just an opportunity to sit down and talk to you and get to know each other and see if we're a good fit. I also don't charge for phone calls. I've had a lot of people ask me these questions lately. And so I wanted to, to, to just clear the air and make sure everyone knows um, that there's, there's no cost for these things. And I know, I know a lot of advisors, I know a lot of professionals do charge for those things. Uh, I, I personally don't care for that. 
And my only request is that if you like my ideas, my recommendations, and you decide to pursue them, that you pursue them with me. Um, and that's, it, it's just a general, I call it a gentleman's agreement, but there's, there's no cost or commitment to, to sit down and talk about these things. And then we can help you figure out how close you are to hitting those goals, or maybe some adjustments that you need to make to get you there. Um, but we need to sit down sooner rather than later so we can make these changes to make sure you get there when you want to be there. Exactly. And getting there, paying the least amount of income tax as is legally allowed. That's 100% right. Yes. You guys know anyone that's listened before. You know, I think tax free is are, are two of my favorite words. Um, you know, well, we've all paid a lot of money in taxes over the years. And so how you take your money out and how you last last week's show, we talked about decumulation. Right. You know, when we get to the point you're spending down your assets, um, it's very important to look at the tax implications. Right. Because depending on how you do it, we might be able to maybe if you pull money from your tax free accounts for one or two or three years, however many you can. Um, if you're only receiving tax-free income over and above Social Security, then that should make your Social Security tax-free as well. And in most cases, that probably saves somebody four or $5,000 per year. So most of us aren't going to have enough money in a tax-free account that you can fund your entire retirement that way. You know, but if we can pull off a couple years... You know, that, that that's, you know, it's all money that adds up that doesn't go to the government. Of course. Well, yeah. And that's because we want to, I mean, happy to pay what we owe, but don't need to pay any penny more. You, you, you know what? Anybody that wants to pay extra, I'm sure the IRS won't turn you, won't turn you down, right? <laughs> I wouldn't guess they would. No. <laughs> you, you know, so I've yet to meet that person. Right, um, right. You, you, you know, so we want to be, we want to understand how taxes impact your money, right? Um, and we started off mentioning, you know, Steve mentioned lifestyle. Um, and, and we want to, you know, you want to be tracking your expenses for at least a few years before you retire. And, and guys, I would really, I mean, I, in my, okay, I'm a financial person, but I think you should be tracking your expenses all throughout your life. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think a lot of people waste a lot of money because they don't realize where they're spending it all. And they, and they sometimes don't take the time to look at it. Um, and, and, and later on you can come back and say, wow, I did, I, I've been paying this credit that, you know. I've been getting billed on my credit card from so-and-so for the last three years. I didn't even realize it. Yeah, I know. People, that happens all the time, doesn't it? It happens all the time. I, I meet people all the time that that's going on. And, and it's because of all these auto pays, all the auto pays. Um, you know, every merchant and their brother wants you to set up automatic payments because that's an annuity payment for them, right? So you're paying them the, the monthly annuity payment. Um, you know, so take a look at all your auto pays. Take a look at anything that you agree to just, you know, let them charge you every time they want to. Because a lot of times, you know, I've met people that they signed up for something years ago and they might have been using that product or service then, but they stopped using it, but they forgot to cancel the auto payment. Right. And, and so, so little things like that, they can add up though. That can add up to a lot of money. Well, I think and, about, and, you know, all of the streaming services out there for television. Well, it's only $4. It's only $5. It's only $8. Well, you oh, do yeah. that, you know, six or seven times every month. That's, that's, that's right. real money. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it is real money. And you know what you get? How about all these offers that say, oh, first seven days are free. And then after that, we'll charge your card. But you got to put in your credit card information now. Right. Exactly. Okay. That is a very deliberate psychological trick, if you ask me. <laughs> yes, it right? is. They're, they're banking on it that you're going to forget. Okay. You already gave them your credit card and they're banking on it that you forget. And then they can start charging you. Yep. And, and so I, I've told my wife, I hate, I, I hate those with a passion. <laughs> you know, I, I love a free trial, but don't ask me for my credit card. Um, you know, and then if I want to sign up, I can sign up, you know, kind of, I, I call it consciously as opposed to kind of like unconsciously people forget <laughs> about it. Right. You know, and, and that, that costs, that can cost you some money. Um, you, you know, so the, the other issue people run into is, is trying to figure out, you know, 
um, you know, as you're going into retirement, when to start your social security. Uh, and guys, remind yourself that there is no other investment in, in on, I don't think there's anything on the, on the planet. There's definitely not in the United States that guarantees you an 8% annual increase. No bank CD is even offering you half of that. All right. As I mentioned, 30 year treasuries are below two, 10 year treasuries are below one and a half, but yet social security is still guaranteeing you an increase of almost 8% for every year you wait. And it's only going to go up from there, right? Because it's always got that COLA adjustment, the cost of living adjustment. Yep. So if you're starting off from a higher point, it's just going to go higher, right? Um, and, and, and I just wish, I really wish everybody would think about it like that, you know, when you're trying to figure out when to claim your social, social security, because the fact that it's still, and I say still increases the 8%, what I'm saying is I expect the government to try to change that. And I'm blown away. I'm, I'm very surprised that they haven't already done it. Right. Because, you know, I mean, think about it. <laughs> Everybody that waits another year is getting an automatic 8% increase when treasury rates are one quarter of that amount. Um, to me, it's shocking that we haven't heard more dialogue about how they're going to change that. And so I just want to mention it as something that I th think is very, very likely. Um, you know, we've all heard Social Security is, is going to run broke, what, a year sooner than, than uh, right. was planned before? Yeah. Of course, they're blaming COVID. Like every, it seems like every business yeah. is blaming COVID. You know, it's like no matter what, no matter what's wrong with their business, your whole time is too long. That's because of COVID. Well, yeah. You know, you talk about <laughs> Social Security and perhaps having to cut those payments down some. Um, yeah. And and originally it was twenty thirty five, right? Yeah. And I so, so. 20, my, yes. my youngest grandchildren, I, they're twins. Uh, started school this this year, this week. Yeah. And awesome. uh, so, you know, their mom, my daughter, got them shirts that said graduating class of 2035 and it hit me like a ton of bricks man that's like whoa. oh yeah sure. that, that's a that's a reality it is <laughs> you know it what is. i mean and when you think about how fast kids grow and how quickly they're suddenly graduating from high school that's no time no it's not and and, and then you couple yeah it's it's no time at all right and then you, and then you couple that um, with, with the fact there's not as many people working that are contributing to social security as, as when it first started, you know, sure. there was, I want to say there's like eight or 10 workers for every person collecting when it first started. And now it's maybe five or something. Sure. And that's um, only going to so go down. It's on that part's only going to go down. And, and, you know, the other thing that I think is really messing every mess, messing with the program is that, um, the cap, the cap on your contributions, which is, I don't know, it's around 140, 142,000, right. somewhere in there. Once you pass that amount of income, you're not, you're not contributing into social security anymore. Some of it, Medicare continues, but the Social Security part, uh, side of it stops. Yeah, and, and so that's also something that um, you know hasn't really increased as fast as inflation has. I mean, there's a lot more people now making enough money that they don't that they get capped out on their contribution to Social Security than I think ever in history. And and so that's something else that you know to me is an easy fix: eliminate the cap on the payroll tax, eliminate it. So all the millionaires and billionaires that are making half a million, million, five million, twenty million, a hundred million dollars a year. Why is he paying the same amount? So some guy's making fifty million dollars and he's paying the same amount of social security as a guy making 150 grand. Yeah. I I just think that's that's insane. And it it doesn't make any sense to me. No. Um, you know, so I think that should I, I think that should be eliminated and we could raise a lot more money for the program. Um, but they're obviously gonna have to make some changes. And so what I suggest everybody does go to the social security website, make sure you, if you got you set up an account if you haven't Look at your wage statement to make sure that they're not missing any of your income because it happened to me and my wife, and you got to get it corrected because that's what determines your check. 
So make sure that everything is accurate on the site. Look and then look at how much they're estimating you would receive for your full retirement age. And then I'm going to ask you to haircut it by 25%. Okay. So if they say you're supposed to make, get, I don't know, $2,400. All right. Maybe you assume that it's more like 1800 instead of 2400. All right. And I think if you're able to do that, if you plan that way, I think you're going to be much better off in that way. If it does happen that they cut the benefits, all right, then you're prepared for it. Right. But if, but if it doesn't, you know what, and they never cut it and it stays the same, then you know what? Hallelujah. You've got more money than you expected. You're right. Exactly. You're ahead of the game. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Kevin, before we run out of time, um, we've got we've got some questions. We haven't done any questions in a long time. And um, Martin, I like this one from Martin in Phoenix. He says, market volatility makes me nervous. The current rate of inflation makes me nervous. I'm 65. I plan to retire at 68. I have a 401k as well as a brokerage account. Should I be moving to cash and hang on and hope for the best for the next two years? I like the question. It's I, you know, I like that question too. Martin, thank you. Thanks for sending it in. And uh, you know what? I do think we should talk. <laughs> I do think you, you want to sit down with somebody and and take a look at how much how much you've got exposed to the market and how much you guys need for a living. So, uh, what I would say, I don't like the idea of moving everything to cash. I think you could miss out on some nice gains, uh, but we want to make sure you got your bases covered. So, I would say that that it could very well make sense to move some of that money into some vehicles that are protected. Um, but we need to come up with that formula based on based on your individual situation. So. I'd say you need to sit down with somebody and come up with a plan uh, and to protect some of that money. Um, but I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with moving all of it to cash. All right. Well, again, but I'm guessing that that's probably what a lot of people are feeling right now. It is, oh, it definitely is. It definitely is. And especially, you know what, right now, anybody that's looked at the Stock Traders Almanac or heard about it, this is what goes back and says, you know, oh, this is what happened, you know, the average month, the average year. And they talk about presidential election cycles and all sorts of stuff. Um, and so August and September, historically are the two worst months of the year for the stock market. But I don't know how, but if you look back at August, I don't know how many record record, how many record highs did we hit in August? Yeah, a bunch. I mean, <laughs> a whole bunch of them, a whole yes. bunch of them. I mean, get, we've hit over 50. I want to say 54 or 55 record highs in the S&P 500 in this calendar year so far, and the year's not even over. Right. So we keep on hitting high after high after high. You know, and that's why I said nobody should be surprised if we see, if, if we do see a correction, um, you know, but I don't think it makes as long as interest rates are the way they are and the situation is the way that it is. The stock market is the best game in town. In other words, the government is supporting it. They're putting in money to keep bond rates low. So the alternatives are very meager. You know, there's not a lot of other places you can go to get any type of return on your money. So I do think that that retirees should have a percentage of the portfolio in stock market. But the first thing we need to check is to make sure you've got everything covered you know, and what I'm saying is I don't want you to have money in the market that if you lose it, it's going to impact your standard of living. I want to make sure we've got your standard of living protected. Then we could put some money in the stock market knowing that if you lose some of it, it's not going to hurt you and it's not going to be a negative impact on your life. All right. All right. So so that to me is the most important part. All right. Well, hey, Martin, appreciate the question. Uh, 800-975-6717 if you'd like to give Kevin a call. Let's see. Let's do one more. All right. Um, sure. Eddie says, uh, I don't, th Eddie says, I say, we don't need the life. We don't need life insurance when we retire in two years. My spouse disagrees. In your opinion, when does it make sense to have life insurance in retirement? And are there times when it doesn't make sense? That's an interesting question. It, it is Eddie. I like the question because that's a conversation I have quite a bit actually with clients. Really? Um, and you know what? My, my initial reaction is I'm on your side, Eddie, meaning, meaning that for, I think for most couples, 
you know, uh, in retirement, I'm going to say you don't need life insurance under, under these circumstances. You have no debt. You have no mortgage. All right. You've got, you've, you've got a lot of couples might have several hundred thousand dollars saved. Um, and so if you're in a strong financial position that even when one of you, you know, husband or wife passes away, that the other person is still, you know, still in a strong, in other words, they've got income, they can pay their bills. They've got money put aside to cover inflation. Like we've been talked about, like we've been talking about, and they have sufficient assets to generate the income and the lifestyle that they want to live. Okay. With or without you. That's in my opinion, I would agree in that situation. You don't need life insurance in my view. Uh, I like to use life insurance. Let's say you've got a young couple that just gets married. They're 28 years old. You know, they buy a house when they take out a $300,000 mortgage. You know, if something happens to one of the, one of the, uh, you know, one of the people that are working, then the spouse is going to be left with a big mortgage trying to raise their kids. Right. Right. That's where life insurance comes into play because it can replace that lost income. But if you're in a place where you're in retirement and you don't have to replace the lost income from somebody, then I would say you don't need the life insurance. If, however, when one of you passes, losing that social security income, if that's going to put the survivor in a bad spot, then I would say you might need life insurance. Boy, it's, it's really, a, there are a lot of moving parts to a successful retirement plan, aren't there? There, yeah, there are, no question about it. And, and, and especially, you know, one thing I like to remind everybody, guys, is, is when you have a married couple that both worked, uh, you're both getting a social security check, right? Mm -hmm. Well, when that first person passes away, the surviving spouse is going to be stepped up to the higher benefit, but you're not going to get both of those checks. You're going to lose some of that social security income. And so that's something that we always want to take a look at uh, so that we're prepared for when that does occur. Sure. All right. Well, and, and again, let me, as we wrap things up here, I'm just going to ask you, uh, how was the week for um, the uh, the pure growth uh, plan? It's, you, you know what, it, it was... Um, it didn't really do much this week. And let me tell you why, because that's a trading account. And I've actually got about, I'm in about 30% cash right now for the trading account. All right. All right. Um, I, <laughs> I have, I have been feeling like the market's a little toppy. And so, so let me, let me clarify really quickly, guys, if you're a long-term investor, then, then I, then I wouldn't be bothering to try to figure out an entry point or trying to, trying to time the market. Um, if you're a trader, you know, a swing trader or a short-term trader, which this portfolio is short-term trading, you know, then I try to be, I try to be more tactical. And so I'm at about 30% cash position right now in that account. So we've got a 30, we're, we have a 39.4% gain for the year net. Um, but we haven't, we haven't made much progress in, in the last couple of weeks because I raised my cash position. Sure. So it's, we, so we've been kind of floating uh, floating right at that same mark. I like it, though. 800-975-6717. Uh, that's the number you can call, silverleaffinancial.com. And I would suggest that uh, if you're listening to the podcast, go ahead and subscribe. That way you're going to get the new one uh, delivered to you each and every week. And uh, next week, Kevin, um, can we dabble in uh, uh, cryptocurrency? Crypto. Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm actually... We haven't spent much time on crypto. Not I'd love at all. To, yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Let, let, let's talk about it because everybody's heard about Bitcoin by now. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, that and, and Ethereum and Dogecoin and whatever else there is out there. There's, it, there's it, a lot of stuff going on in that world. I'll be curious to uh, pick your brain. Oh, by all means, let's talk about it, guys. And uh, you know what? There's There are hundreds and hundreds of cryptocurrencies out there. So I'll be happy to talk about that and uh, be sure to tune in next week.
information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and, invest- security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decision.